Lord, you've come too far. You cannot lose what you've got. You've got to press forward and get all through. It's, you think, man, sitting down and I'm just going to give it all up. Listen, before you can open your eyes, it'll be a whole lot worse than what it was already. And if you'll just persevere, if you'll just push a little bit more, you'll find it all the way through. Amen. I'm supposed to be taking a box. Hallelujah. I thought of this earlier. I'm grateful this morning for a church that loves their children. What a joy to see the house filled with kids across this auditorium. They are the heritage and they are our future. And we must pour into them. You all know the story. Jesus was teaching and he said uh, in Matthew chapter 19, he said to them, Suffer the little children come unto me, such as it is. He said, Let the little children come and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And then he laid his hands on them and he departed from there. Our kids have to know what it's all about. And I got to thinking about that and I thought, you know, even in our infant stages and in our toddler stages, preteens and teenage, and even in the adulthood in the spiritual sense, he never left us. But he wanted us to come so that we could receive. I want the ushers to come right now. We're going to give this morning and I want you to dig deep. I want you to give I'm in a season of learning in my own life and some of the things that God has been dealing with me. I want to be found guilty of giving more to the house of God than anything else that I give. Because it's great stock. It'll never fail you. And it'll never cause you to go bankrupt. But it'll bring back forth more than you will ever be able to bear. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We ask you, Lord, that you would touch. That you would meet the needs of the house. You know them before we even see the bills come in. But God, you also know what is just on the horizon and what's available for us. I ask you to meet every need. Let there be baskets left over and we'll give you glory and honor and praise. In the precious name of Jesus, you give as they continue to sing and worship.
the path of all my tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better. His way is better. Shake up the ground of all our tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. He desires communion. Shake up the ground of all my traditions. Break down the walls of all my religions.
that's your prayer this morning. Amen. It's certainly a privilege to be in church, amen. Praise God, see the wonderful people of God, and what a great crowd we have again today, amen. Glad you're here, and um, I know they're going to have a good time outside. And um, so, well, they have a good time outside. Let's, I hope the Lord helps us on the inside, don't you? Praise God, what a great, great privilege to see you. And uh, listen, I am. I'm going to jump in because it's 11:30, and we got a lot of ground to cover. And um, so, if you don't get out right at noon today, don't be upset. All right, Amen. If you're going to be upset, blame the worship team, not me. Praise God, Amen. So, but I will. I will uh, move as fast as I can, and um, hopefully, I, I was not even sure, honestly, if I was going to preach today, and. Because I have, I don't know what happened to me on Wednesday. I'm just going to get this out so you'll rest at ease, all right? Because you're going to think I've got COVID and I don't, all right? I've tested three or four times and I'm good. No, negative, negative four times. So, uh, but I have battled congestion and not being able to breathe. And so uh, I was contemplating whether or not I was going to give it a run today. And um, I called it. Called Josh and then he called me and he, he said he was working on stuff and I thought maybe I'd have him. And then Joe Woody uh, messaged me and said that, hey, Pastor, I can come if you need me to. So I had another backup plan. And um, so I had backup plans, but I decided to go ahead and attempt what I feel like is on my mind and on my heart. And so I want you to turn to the book of Exodus chapter one. We're going to Exodus chapter one. Come, come the next few weeks. It's going to be wonderful the next few. I don't know if you've heard yet, but I said it last Tuesday. And I don't even remember what I said, so hopefully they wrote it down. But I believe it's Josh this Tuesday, James the next Tuesday, Stephen the next Tuesday. Is that right? And then Justice right after that. So the next, did I get that right or did I flip them? I got that wrong. Amen. Stephen's just trying to postpone as long as he can. Amen. So Josh, James, Justice, we'll do the three J's and then we'll finally get to Stephen. Amen. Praise God. So come. And if you missed last Tuesday night, I'm going to tell you, I think Josie did, and not just because I'm partial to her, I am, amen. I told my mom, Josie's now my favorite woman preacher, amen. My mom has been my favorite woman preacher for 40 years, and uh, now it's Josie, praise God. She did an amazing job for her first sermon. Can you say amen to that? Praise God. Wonderful, wonderful delivery. So, amen. Look at this, if you can. Bible said this, and it, Exodus chapter 1, verse 9. We're just going to read a few. I wish we had time to read the whole chapter. I wish we did. Matter of fact, I wish we had time to read the whole book, but we don't. So we're just going to read a few verses and we're going to preach about it. All right. And so in verse number 12 and 11, it said, Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasured cities. Pithom and Ramus, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because the children of Israel, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with, with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick, and in the manner of service in the field. And 
all service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. I want you to notice if I can, I'm going to deal with, I'm going to deal with a bunch, but I want to talk a little bit about verses number 12 is said, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. I want you to raise your hands. Close your eyes right now. Heavenly Father, God, I ask you to help me preach today as only you can. Lord, if I preach today, I'm going to need your help. I need you to help me to know when to stop. Help me to get started. Give me strength, Lord. Give me strength in my body. God, I thank you for the worship that we have heard. I thank you for the presence that we have felt. Lord, I ask you to meet with us at the end here at the altar. And we'll give you the glory and we'll give you the praise for everything that's done in this service today. Let the church say, Amen. Praise God. You may be seated in the house of God today. I want you to notice, I want to talk to you a little bit today about uh, the children of Israel and the time that they spent in Egypt. I, I hope that by the time I'm done, I can deal with uh, Moses and Aaron and Mary. That's really where I want to go. I just don't know if we're going to have time to get all the way there today. So we're going to start by talking about what's going on here in, in Exodus chapter 1. It is a continuance of what happened in Genesis. And if you know by reading your Bible and you know the story of, of Jacob and Joseph and how the, uh, they went through a time of famine and because of the time of famine they wound up in Egypt uh, and they had a family reunion if you will in Egypt uh, and God put favor on their life and allowed them to abide there. It was never God's plan for them to stay there it was only God's plan for them to be there for a while and because of the shame they got comfortable there and God blessed them while they was there they decided that they wanted to stay and that is the reason why that they entered into bondage is because uh, God allowed them to God had to get them into a place of bondage because had he not they would have never wanted to leave Egypt they were satisfied with being there amen that's why you got to be careful that not being satisfied where you're at because God will make your environment uncomfortable so that he can move you to higher things God did not intend you to stay where you're at now. God always intends us to go further and do more and have more. And so the reason why that they entered into bondage is because God saw that if they did, if he didn't do something to change the atmosphere and the environment they was in, they would never leave. They were satisfied with being right there. Listen to me. Do not be satisfied where you're at. Amen. Be always looking for God to move you to greater things. Amen. And so it is that uh, God, then the Pharaoh dies and another Pharaoh comes in that does not know Jacob or Joseph and he has no faith. They no longer have favor there and because they no longer have favor now, uh, they set up bondage and reign. And it's like the first time, this is the first time that God really hardens the Pharaoh's heart. It was so that, uh, that they could begin to be in bondage so that God pre could prepare them to move on. And, and this is what's interesting about the story is that even though they were in bondage, they were still blessed. Amen. See, we got a misconception about blessings. We think that blessings mean we have no trouble. Amen. Sometimes we get better blessed when we're in the most trouble. 
Anybody going to help me preach? Amen. I know you stood for a while, but you can help me preach a little bit. Because I want to tell you that right in the middle of the greatest hell of your life, God will still bless you. Right in the middle of the hardest trouble of your life, God will still bless you. God will bless you when it don't make sense. God will multiply you when you shouldn't be multiplied. God will pour out on you. Amen. When everybody else thinks they're at the fall and make a mistake. God will be there in the midst of all of your trouble. And so it is that Pharaoh sees them since release and he said, we've got to do something because they are multiplying. They're, they're growing in so much that it's no longer going to be Egypt. They're going to take it over. They're going to be in rule and reign. And it's going to come to the place when it comes time to vote. There's going to be more of them than more of us. And God didn't want that to happen either. Because God didn't want them to be in Egypt forever. God had a promised land for them. And so he didn't want them to stay so long in Egypt that they become residents of Egypt. And not only are they in Egypt, but Egypt's in them. And they got Egypt ways. And they long to stay there and not go anywhere else. And so he says, it's good to see you. He says, I'll tell you what we're going to do. <clears throat> he said, we're going to kill all. We're going to, we're going to limit them. First, he tried. And, now get this, because I'm children are outside and I'm not going to get grabbed. But get this. First, he tries. He said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just work them to death. We'll slave them. We'll work them seven days a week from morning till dark. And then when they get home, they'll have to do their chores at home. I told you I got a lot to preach and you're not even with me. I can tell. We're going, we're going to work them till they get home. And then by the time they do their chores at home, they'll be too tired to multiply. Now you can think about that later, okay? Amen. He goes, we'll work them to death until they don't have strength to, to multiply. But somehow they had strength to multiply. Amen. Even when uh, they didn't, it didn't even make sense, they should be too tired for any extra activity. But they just continued to multiply and they continued to grow. And it didn't make sense to Pharaoh because he thought he had a plan to stop the growth of God's people. But everything he tried, it didn't seem to work. It just seemed like every nine months there's more babies and more children and Israel continued to grow. And I want to tell the devil, you can try whatever you want to stop the church of the living God. But no matter what you try, you ain't going to stop it. The church will continue to multiply. It will continue to grow. You can pour all you want on us. You can try to wear us out. You can try to make us tired. But I declare in this last hour, the church of the living God, it will grow. It will not decrease, but it will increase through the strength of God. It is not in our own strength and might that we multiply, but it is through the strength and favor of God. And so it is that they continue to multiply. And Pharaoh says, what we've tried is not working. What we tried is not working. We have, we have worked them as hard as we can, and they're still growing. They're still multiplying. So now there's only one thing left to do. 
We just got to kill all of the men, all of the firstborn. We got to get rid of the head. If we can kill the men, and then we'll stop them from growing. And after a while, they won't have any soldiers to fight. After a while, they'll be able not to produce anymore because we got rid of the, all of the boys. Amen. And so, you know, what I found interesting is that, amen, right in the middle of Egypt, in a little neighborhood, amen, where they should have been depressed and not wanting to grow, God had a little family. God had a husband and wife that had three children. They didn't have one. They had three children with favor on their life. Amen. We like to preach about Moses, but let me tell you, before there was Moses, God raised up first Miriam. Miriam was a prophetess. She was someone that could foresee the future, and when she prophesied something, it happened. I already dealt with this the other day, so I'm not going to hit it again. But thank God for real prophets. Somebody that says something. And when they say, thus saith the Lord, it comes to pass. It was Miriam that some people believe that at the age of seven, she told her mother, you're going to have a baby. And not just a baby. He's going to be a deliverer of all of Israel. And so it is that right in the middle of a neighborhood where there should have been hopelessness, God raised up a generation of three. He first raised up Miriam, the prophetess, who could play a timbrel and write music. Uh, anybody with me? Do I got a little more time? I don't even know what time it is. I know you're smelling popcorn and you'd rather be back there. I get it. Praise God. So you got to stay with me. All right. And so it is. Uh, he raises first her. And then there comes Aaron. And Aaron, he becomes the high priest. Amen. Right there in the house. He raises first the prophetess, the psalmist, and the timbrel player, which we'll find later. Amen. And then he raises up. The high priest, the preacher. Amen. Aaron was not just anybody. He was somebody that knew how to he knew how to speak. Do you remember when God called Moses? Moses said, I can't go. I don't even know how to talk. And God said, That's okay. Right there in your own house, I raised up somebody that can talk. All you gotta do is lead and he'll speak. Amen. Because listen to me, God will never put you in a direction that he hasn't already made a play and a plan. He ain't going to send you into Pharaoh's house unless he's already made provision to make a way. He ain't going to prophesy a leader unless he's got a high priest that can go to. I wish I could preach. And so it is. I don't know why I keep saying it is. Like I, and so it happens to be, I guess. I don't know what the... Maybe I should go to English class. So in, it just happens that God raises up Miriam, the singer, the psalmist, the prophetess. And then he's got the high priest, Aaron. And then she prophesies that God is going to give you another baby. And he's going to be the leader. 
Now, it don't make sense that the leader would be born right in the middle of the time where they should be killing all babies. There should be no hope. But what I love about God is he brings hope when it should be hopeless. What I love about God is when it's not, I feel like preaching. What I love about God is when it looks like it should be dead and is dead. It's over. We're going to kill it. We're going to do away with this. God says, I'll tell you what I'll do. In the middle of impossible, I'll make it possible. In the middle of Everything should be dead. I'll bring life. Somebody listen to me. You may feel like all the hell's going on. You hold on, baby. God's going to bring life in the middle of the dead things in your life. This, this, this is unbelievable to me, Stephen. It probably don't mean nothing to you. You already knew it. I about had a fit. And I still might. I hope what I had wasn't catching. If so, you got it. They told them, Jared, they told them, Tyler, they said, I want you to take all the boys that are born, and I want you to take them down to the river, and I want you to throw them in there. And drown them. Woo! And so Moses' mother, she has a baby. She takes care of him for three months until she no longer can take care of him. You already know I preached this sermon. She builds an ark and she puts that baby in the ark. And then Sister Shelley, she says, I want you, Miriam, you prophesied him into this world. I want you to take him down to the river. The very place place where they're drowning our babies. I want you to take him and I want you to put him in the river. That's where hope goes to die. That's where the future goes to die. But not today. Out of the where there was supposed to be death, God is bringing life. You know, I came to preach to you today and tell you, Satan may say, you ain't coming out of this one. Satan may say, you're not going to grow. Satan may say, he's over. I came to say, in the very places that he meant to be death, Let's see 
where the river takes him. Pharaoh don't understand. He thought he had killed the hope of Israel. But what he did not know was there was a little family in the middle of Egypt who refused. Uh, he not only was raising up one leader, but there had to be a mom and dad there that knew how to raise up three. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that in the middle you, you don't tell me you gotta come out of a good home. You don't tell me you gotta come out of a good neighborhood, a good situation, a good family. You don't gotta tell me your environment has gotta be perfect for God to raise up leaders. I say right in the middle of a bad neighborhood, in the middle of a bad situation. James Moses was floating on top of a bunch of dead babies in a river where they had went to die I listen I like to preach that. I don't like to preach hearsay. But I I can almost promise you I can almost promise you that when they put Moses in that basket and sent him to the river they did not send him without prayer. They did not know where he was going, but they knew they had a promise of favor on his life. Somebody listen to me. You may not even know where you're going, where your children's going, what's going to happen, but when you're going to return, but you listen to me. If God gave you a promise of favor, you may be for you. They put him in a basket and they put him put him in the water and he barely hits the water and starts floating and you already know Brother Trevor who finds him. Pharaoh's sister. 
and she pulls him out and says, I want it. I want him to be mine. And she names him Moses. And now, not only has God's leader survived, but God has put him in the house of Pharaoh. He's raising up deliverance in the house of Pharaoh. And they continue to grow. And they continue to grow strong. And get this, this is what, this is what the, I'm going to try to wrap up. Because I ain't got the strength to go no further. But get this. They was not in leadership. They were not in offices. They were in persecution. Now, I don't believe we even know what persecution is yet in America. We think we're persecuted sometimes. Huh? Our air conditioner goes out for one day and we're persecuted. We think we're persecuted because Trump didn't get in office and we got a Democrat for president. And oh, we're so persecuted. Listen to me. This is what Brother Shane, this is what got me about God. I was looking at this last night. It is not the times when God's people had the people we wanted in office that we shine the greatest. As a matter of fact, I would say that a lot of times when the people we want are in office, we get lazy and we stop praying. Amen. And we stop. Somebody said, well, if Trump would have just got in, would have done four more years of greatness. No, we wouldn't. We wasted the four years we had. You ain't got to say amen right now. That's all right. What I'm telling you is the truth. But what I am telling you, that is a lot of times when God's churches looks like they have no power and they're not going to do anything. It is the moment when God's church rises to the occasion because we learn that we got to trust God in our hard times more than we do in our good times. And it just seems like that the more we should be going down, the greater we become because there's something about God's people when they begin to pray and there's something about God's church we begin to rise to the occasion. And so it is. There's three. <laughs> I'm going to give you some facts about them and I'm going to quit. There's three. There is Moses. Come on, Moses. Moses, who can't talk right. Somebody said, you should be Moses. All your is is Moses. There's there's Aaron. Come on. Come on. And so there's Moses, there's Aaron, and there's Miriam. I need I need I need a I just need Miriam in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Or you know you, 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 hey. Good, yeah, you're good. There you go. Yeah. So you got three here. You got the prophetess, 
who knows how to sing and knows how to worship. You got the man of God who hears the voice of God in the desert out of a burning bush. And he becomes the leader. And then you got the high priest who walks around with this staff, his rod, if you will. It was Aaron's rod. And I, I don't know when the reunion happened, when they all three got together. And I'm not even really sure how it was that Aaron got with Moses and said he will go with him. I know this. They get together at Pharaoh's house. And Moses walks in. And Moses says, with his stuttering voice, if you will, I am. I know you thought I was going to say I is. <laughs> I am that I am. Sit me here to lead my people, his people, out of bondage. In Pharaoh's heart, it was hard. And he said, it ain't going to happen. And the magicians, they, they, they threw the rod down and they turned it into a serpent. And you already know this, but I wanted to share this with you. Because in Sunday school, they told me that Moses threw his rod down. Is that what you was told to? That's not fact. wasn't Moses. It wasn't his rod. It was Aaron. Moses is talking about how God's going to lead them out. They throw their rods down. Aaron throws his down. And all of a sudden, our God is greater than their God. And Pharaoh begins to realize he's got a problem. Because no matter how much he tried to limit the growth, he should have made it to this house. Because there was something going on at this house. They was raising up a generation of leaders in this house. Let me just tell you, don't let anybody put limits on what God will do in your house. It could be Kevin that God, he raises up the next generation of pastors and missionaries and preachers and high priests and worshipers right in your house. Oh, you better be glad I don't got strength. And then it is, then it is that the first three plagues that's put on Egypt, you know who did that? Moses, right? No. It was Aaron and his rod. Because Moses and Aaron and Miriam, they are getting ready for a great
Come on, 15, so we'd rather be outside on that mountain house. You're too big. It's there, Brother Jared, that God says to Moses, take off your shoes. Yep. Take off your shoes. It's in these moments you're praying to God he wore socks. Look at them cute things. I probably gave them to him. <laughs> Is that Mario? How fitting. God's getting ready to work you from the wilderness back to the palace. <laughs> It's in that moment that God tells you, take off your shoes for the ground you're standing on is holy ground. And from now on, everywhere you go, you're going to be led by me. You follow me. And as long as you follow me, I'll, I'll speak to you like nobody else can speak to you. I'll lead you like God. And when everyone turns their back to you, Unexplainable. 
But when you get there, you're going to know what to do when nobody else knows how to do it. Because you're working in unity. Oh, I wish I could preach. You're, you're working in unity. You cannot work unless you work in unity. You cannot get to where you need to go. That's why there's so many churches that can't get to the next level. They can't work in unity. That's why they're stuck in Egypt. When God has a promised land for them, but they can't seem to get it together. But what I like about these guys is when one needed the other, they were there. And finally it is, let me close stand all over the house. Finally it is that they get to a Red Sea. God led them out all the way to the Red Sea. And you got to understand what we're dealing with because what we're dealing with is this guy here, Aaron, he didn't want to disappoint or let nobody down. Moses, Moses just followed the will of God. Israel lined in the sand and say, who's on the Lord's side? Everybody else is going to die. Aaron, Aaron, Brother Jared, he's just trying to make everybody happy. Moses is up on the mountain. Aaron's helping him build a golden calf because he didn't want to disappoint everybody, anybody. That's why Aaron needed Moses in his life. He needed somebody that get him back in line. He didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, and so they're standing for the James at the Red Sea. And then the devil starts jumping on them. On everybody. He's jumping on them, Sister Shelley. You know what he's saying? See, y'all would have been better off in Egypt. Because let me tell you something. The devil don't want nothing more than to get Egypt in your spirit. There's a lot of people. Egypt. The problem is they take the spirit of Egypt with them. And so every time something goes bad, what do they revert to? I should just go back to Egypt. Huh? Are you here with me right now? Because you may not be in Egypt physically, but sometimes if you're not careful, your spirit always reverts back to Egypt. I'm going to do good. I'm going to do better. I'm going to be an overcomer. I'm going to I'm going to live in victory until you face the Red Sea and then you're back to Egypt. You ain't got to say amen. That is good preaching though. That's the best preaching I've done all day right there. And you know what happened? So look how it works. It happened that you have a worshiper and you know let me just tell you about true worship real quick true worship is understanding you don't just shout you shout because you've got the victory huh there's a reason why we worship I don't just worship because I need exercise if I wanted to do that I'd go to the gym I worship 
because God gave me victory out of situations that I know I couldn't have done it without him. I've been waiting for a time that I could worship. Oh, I wish I could preach. I tell somebody, you just hold on. You may not feel like you've got a reason to worship now. this one more time. No, we're not done robot. We're done. We're done. But get, you know what I like about it though? Is that Miriam had such a spirit of worship that others followed her. Huh? You understand what I mean? Let me explain it a little better because I gotta get some I gotta get somebody up here like Josie. Come on, Josie. Yeah. 
If you hadn't already been married, I'd fire you. But you already is. So you it. Amen. I need just one more. I need somebody. How about, yeah, how about Chesney? She's raising her hand. Amen. I want you to, I want you to understand what happened. What happened was prophecy was being fulfilled. And when prophecy began to be fulfilled, excitement hit the house of God. I should say hit the people of God. Because they realized Egypt was once my home. I was a slave. Helpless and syndrome. Love like a train. But when I looked up to heaven's throne, Christ came to save. I'm not living in Thank <laughs> you. 
when the last person got through the other Pharaoh's army was in hot pursuit. Pharaoh still didn't get until Moses turned back around and he was there to stretch forth that rod again and that water began to fall and all of a sudden the glory hit Miriam oh, all of a sudden she looked at them other girls that had timbrels and said this is the moment I told you about this is the prophecy I told you about. This is the promise I told you about. I know they said it would never happen. I know they tried to stop us. But what we're experiencing right now, it is prophecy being fulfilled. Can I tell somebody what we're experiencing right now? It is prophecy. Joel said in the last days, say it, God, I will pour out my spirit. All right, go ahead. Here it is. The, the Red Sea closes. The enemy dies. And they start playing and dancing and singing. Can you give me something? Come on, come on, come on, give me something. We gotta sing, just play, just worship. All of a sudden, the victory began to set in in all of Israel because it had been a long time since they had been able to worship without bondage. It had been a long time since they had been able to praise Him without somebody standing over Him. Can I tell you, I'm so glad I can praise God. Where's my husband praising? What is that promise in your life? What are those things in your life that God told you He was going to give you? Hell has done everything to stop it. But no matter what hell has tried, your house has not died. It has thrived right in the middle of Egypt. Right in the middle of all the chaos. Right in the middle of everything going wrong, God gave you a prophecy. God gave you a promise that it didn't even make sense.
but you held on to it. You held on to it because you're waiting for the day for God to fulfill the promise. Every eye's closed in the house of God. I preach to you the best I can. I've tried to give you all I have with as much energy as I could today to tell you whatever the promise may have been and it may have been in a time that did not even make sense Some of us, let's just do with this first. Some of us, we've lived in Egypt so long that Egypt has become our home. We don't have no more expectations other than Egyptian expectations because we have lived so far below our potential that God has for us in our life. God sent me here to tell you he never intended on you staying in Egypt. He intended on a promised land for you. If I preach to you today, Sister Tammy, pastors, come, come. Come on, if that's you. Come on, if that's you. 